Hello everyone, it's This Chick's Just Saying back for my next podcast and I appreciate you coming back. So I just wanted to continue on where I left off on the last one. So I had got to the point where I was telling you about how I ended up um, basically all the father figures basically in my life uh, men that mom tried to get to I don't know give us father figures she said she tried to do it especially for my younger brother but for the most part other than like the one fellow um, for the most part all of them turned out to be perverts and kind of had an end goal but which sadly was me but um yeah, I knew that that was just them as a person and it wasn't, it's not like I was flirting or anything with them. I don't know. But yeah, I wanted to actually continue on and uh, discuss. So my mom ended up actually going back to school and she ended up getting um, some training so that she could be a counselor, like, um, what did she call it? She did like alcohol and, um, basically rehab kind of training. Um, and she ended up working at a halfway house. So, which was, and she had met this fellow. Um, she became friends with this one fellow, um, through, the program and he was really nice to her and we hung out you know would go and visit him um and he ended up getting she got a job at this halfway house and he was her boss well there and it worked out good it was a good opportunity for mom she finally had you know a, a job and some income she did have to work graveyards which really sucked for her but Um, but she was trying to make her life better. So, which was great. And so this fellow, his name was Carl and he seemed to be, yeah, like just a a huge, he was a big impact in her life and getting her kind of self together. But she ended up Anyways, um, working with him, and that's actually on my last podcast, I had said that I had called my mom and told her about this fellow that made some sexual advances at me, and that's where she was working. She was working at the halfway house that used to be called uh, St. Patrick's House, and she really, really loved her job because there was a lot of good people that came through that halfway house, and I don't know if actually you know what a halfway house is. A halfway house is when guys are getting out of jail, and they're trying to basically reintegrate back into society. So it's kind of like a, well, it's a transition house. It's a transition from going from jail life and still having restrictions and things that, you know, these guys have a lot, a lot of rules and trying to get them back out into society and hopefully they make better choices this time around. And Um, my mom, a lot of people really liked her. So, and they were saying, um, I know my mom used to say that they kind of look at her like a, 
a grandma figure and she ended up working at like a some oh my god my brain's freezing but ended up working at some later on she ended up working at like a a a place it's not um like where basically bad kids go to live I want to say ones that are basically before jail and um and their parents maybe just can't control them anymore and so she later on ended up working in a place like that and she was saying that she's kind of like a grandma figure and that she got along pretty good with these kids and you know helped them or tried to help them make better life choices but so I don't know actually maybe that's something it's just kind of in our DNA I don't know but anyway so um yeah, so I wanted to discuss with you about how my mom was working for this fellow. She went to school, she did her training, um, and she was working at this halfway house and giving like counseling support and babysitting medicine and everything. And this guy, Carl, who was um, kind of like a, a father figure, I guess, but more of, he was just a good friend of my mom's and we would go and hang out with him and sometimes he would take us overnight and um, he actually was for finally someone who didn't try anything with me which was nice but little did I know actually at the time um, when we would stay over there I would sleep out in the living room in a bed and then my two brothers would actually sleep with him in his room and I don't know why, but I thought it was a little weird, but they didn't seem to be like resistant to it or like, eh, you know, I don't want to, can't I sleep out here with, you know, Lisa and blah, blah, blah. So I don't remember any fussing going on when it came to this, so... I missed the signs, but it actually turned out that he was sexually abusing my brothers. And I cannot believe that I didn't see it because I usually get that radar of heebie-jeebie creepy people and I know better. And that is one thing too. If you ever, ever get that vibe, trust your judgment like don't even question it so and you know what I'm not saying that you go and say that this guy's a creep or this is this just don't put yourself in situations where they're going to have the opportunity to do something um because you would hate to falsely accuse somebody but your gut instinct is always right and I have had I I 100% go on my gut instinct. And if somebody gives me creepy vibes, even though they've really not done anything, it's just... Anyways, I always always trust my instincts because they're usually, like, always right. So in this situation, I feel really awful because I honestly did not see... Because it's not like he was extra touchy or handsies when the boys were, like when we would hang out with him and it's not like he was usually you know perverts like that are uh always looking for a reason to touch you and um 
But anyway, so I never did see that with, he was just a very nice older man and, but, and I just thought, okay, well, maybe if the boys want to sleep with him, fine, you know, I'll sleep out here in the living room. And I don't know, I even thought maybe part of that was just so that because I was a girl and have some privacy kind of thing or something. But anyways, unfortunately, what ended up happening, though, is um, we knew him for a few years. And like I said, he was my mom's boss. And it turned out that he was sexually abusing my two younger brothers. And they were, and, and I don't know, maybe just on their end, they were like, yeah, this guy is a nice guy, and, you know, I, he's our father figure person, and maybe they figured that they didn't want to create any waves, because I don't know why they never told my mom, I don't know, but, uh, or even me, like, I, I'm shocked, but they never did, and I never clued in, and never, but it was um, quite traumatic for them. And I do have regret that I, I didn't clue in, but I can only do what I can do. So I don't know. I don't know how I missed it, but I did. I, I totally did. And then the only way I found out was, um, well, eventually they did say something, actually come to think of it, like towards the end. Um I don't know if they finally admitted to my mom that he was touching them and and uh and I know my mom would not have like she was very against like you don't do that. I don't care who the person is, you don't do it. So I know that she did end up maybe reporting him and called the police. And I do remember something about yeah, actually I do remember something sort of about that where the police were called and actually this fellow ended up committing suicide. He literally so he lived in an apartment building and he ended up killing himself because he was ratted out about him molesting my brothers. And I know that my brothers they didn't ever talk about it and still they they just kind of want to forget it and not talk about it but and of course it's not like I want them to be traumatized or in pain but um but I don't know how much guilt they they felt from him committing suicide I really hope they didn't but it was because of them telling that he did uh, commit suicide because he didn't want to be, he didn't want to go to jail, he didn't want to own up to what he did. And so, yeah, he ended up killing himself. And that was crazy, awkward situation when it was my mom's boss. And she did continue to still work there, which was good. Um... And yeah, that was kind of crazy. It was it was awful. And and the really awful thing is that you know he was a nice guy. It was really 
well, and, and I know that that sounds horrifying because he obviously wasn't that nice of a guy. But for us as kids, we lost, you know, another, well, for me, I guess, obviously the boys were probably glad he was dead. Um, it, it was unfortunate because, you know what, why, why does every nice person have to have a fucking ulterior motive, you know? And and not that I want to become a cynical person and uh, think that everybody is basically out for something. Because that isn't the case. It's just a lot of people that we were exposed to. And maybe because my mom's friends and people that she knew were, I don't know, people that, I don't know, like to take advantage. But there is not... There are a lot of people out there that are just genuinely kind and genuinely nice people. It's just for some bizarre reason we seem to get exposed to a lot of the perverts and people. So it was sad because, yeah, now we had one less who we thought was a nice person in our life and who, you know, brought good stuff to our life so um but of course for my brothers I am extremely grateful that they no longer have to deal with that situation and I know I do believe that they had a lot of guilt that maybe basically had they not said anything that maybe you know because he did have good qualities about him but at the end of the day I hate to say he yeah, he made his choice. He made his choice. And he shouldn't have been doing that. And he, I'm glad that it stopped because nobody deserves that to be, you know, I don't care how nice of a person you are. Um, you can't sexually abuse people. That's obviously deal breaker shit. And it had to stop. And I'm, I'm horrified that I didn't clue in sooner because I would have totally done everything in my power to protect him. But yeah, I don't know. It was unfortunate. And I do, I do think that my brothers had some situations because they, they had lots of positive experiences with this fellow as well, but they just wanted the sexual abuse to stop and, um, and good on them for saying something because, you know, why can't the guy just not be a pervert? You know, it's, it's really, it's very sad, but anyway, so that was over. And I do know that that affected my brothers, but they didn't want to deal with it. I, I think my mom must have, I'm sure she got them into some counseling and stuff like that. And I, I really hope that they had their opportunity to work through it. But I, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. But other than, it's awful. It's awful. It never should have happened. But on to, uh, so that was definitely a situation. But on to um, another thing that I did when I had decided to leave and um, this was way before I decided to leave too so this we must have been pretty young because I don't remember it being freshly this situation and then me deciding to leave 
um, this had been like, I don't know when it happened, actually. I, I don't know I, my timeline of, um, of that, but I know it, it happened before and there was a gap of when I finally kind of couldn't take it anymore. So maybe it happened a year before or, or, or two years before, I'm not sure, or a year before at least. Maybe two years before I decided to leave. So, but anyways, um, the, uh, anyways, so when I did finally decide to leave, something else that I was nervous about touching on because it makes me very, very emotional is when I decided to leave, oh my God, it broke my heart. Adam, my baby brother, who I adored, and still adore, of course. Um, he, when I was living at this religious family, and I did what I had to do because I literally, I, I was scared. I was scared I was going to lose my mind. I really was. And it terrified me. And so I left. And I'll never forget that, like, say a year later, or a Valentine's had come up, and Adam had, um, I don't know if he had said it to me when I talked to him on the phone or something, or if he had wrote me letters, but a couple different times he had said, can't I go with you? Why can't I go with you? And I said, I I can't, like, you can't come with me. And I felt awful, awful, awful because I would have taken him in a heartbeat if I could have, you know, and it broke my heart that I couldn't take him with me. But how do I take extras to somebody else? And he was kind of a contributing factor as to, and not that it was really his fault, but, you know, my brother was there and he was a contributing factor of why I had to leave only because I just couldn't handle them both bullying me and I know Adam was just like he was kind of going hmm if it's working for the older brother so I'll just chime on and kind of go yeah hey so I know he wasn't doing it to be he was doing it as a kid to get out of doing chores that he didn't want to do so I don't really have any hard feelings on that for Adam per se just I knew I couldn't take both of them coming at me and I was sick of taking it from my younger brother and now that I saw that Adam was kind of chiming in on it I just thought holy crap I cannot handle this from two people now and you know with everything else going on I'm like I cannot take this mental shit no more I I just I can't do it I can't do it and um so it broke my heart I I actually I was just devastated and even just talking about it now Adam I remember wrote me a valentine's card and he said I wish you could have taken me with you I really happy valentine's day I wish you would take me with you and oh my god like it killed me it killed me and I hold a lot of guilt 
or not, but I had to do what I had to do. I still, to this day, I had to do it. I didn't want to do it. Um, It was something I had to do for my own mental stability. And I am very sad that he got kind of hit, you know, with having me leave, but I couldn't do it. Like I, I had to look at it that I'm, he's not my kid. Like he's my brother. I would walk through fire for him, but I can't sacrifice my own mental sanity for my younger brother, because then I'm just going to fricking break down and then I'm completely useless for him anyways. So if you don't do that self-preservation, even though it killed me to leave him behind, I couldn't be responsible for him because I just couldn't. Like I, I had to protect myself because he's going to get hurt anyways when I crumble into a pile and die or maybe I end up can't take it anymore and I commit suicide. Like I... I I was scared where my mind was. Uh, I just I couldn't take it anymore, so I had to leave. And I thought I will be better for him if I get myself better, and then maybe down the line I will be able to continue being a support system for him. I'm not going to raise him, but I will my life will be better where I will be able to help him long term. I can't unfortunately do it now. And I did stay in touch with him. But um, but I will say for those next few years, I, I, I didn't talk to him too, too often. But partially because it broke my freaking heart. And I had to kind of not let myself go there because I had to be in self-preservation mode. So, because, yeah, it, it was a survival tactic, I hate to say. But anyway, so that still breaks my heart that I had to leave him behind. But I, I did what I had to do. And I, yeah, I do still hold guilt for that. But but I, I, I did what I had to do. That's all, that's all I can say. So um, also, I had my first boyfriend in grade 8. And, um, and I remember I was, and I was still living out in that small town, I was absolutely terrified that he was going to find out how poor I really was and where I lived because I tried my very best to fake it. I would always make sure my hair was nice. And like I said, I ironed my clothes all the time. I wanted to look like a normal person. Um, And he had no idea how I was living and I'll never forget that he wanted to come and pick me up and I'm like hell fucking no you're never coming to my house never because you will dump me the second you know that and um because it was like I said like our house like it took your breath away when you walked inside it like literally it took your breath away And so I don't know how I, well, I probably did stink. I don't even know how I didn't, but I know I would use hairspray and perfume and I would be very careful as to what my clothes were exposed to. I tried my very best to be as clean as possible. 
But um, anyways, so there was a situation where he did drop me off one time and there was not a cold day in hell I was going to let him inside my house. But um, he did end up seeing where I lived eventually. And um, and I remember, too, he was such a nice, nice man. And, well, man, he was... Actually, I was in grade 8, he was in grade 10, so... And, um, oh, God, he was so good-looking. He was so freaking handsome. And, wow, I... Uh, but I was very, very nervous to... I remember one time... I went over to his place and I met his parents and we only ended up actually dating for three months. But, and I feel really awful because I ended up actually breaking his heart. I, uh, I, I do feel really awful. I still have actually guilt over that. But um, I was over at his place and I remember we were up in his room and I um, took my shirt off because we were kind of making out and took my shirt off and um and we were lying on his bed and we were just like kissing and stuff and then all of a sudden I just panicked like I panicked I had this flashback of like sexual abuse and stuff and I just kind of went oh I can't do this I said I can't do this um and I felt bad because it's nothing that the guy did you know he was super super nice it was my own mental it just brought back sexual, you know, pervert men trying to, and not that I thought he, I knew he wasn't being a pervert, you know, or, or doing anything inappropriate. But for me, I had like a mind flash of all these men trying to freaking get down my pants pretty much. And I just kind of panicked and I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. So he was like, okay, no worries, no worries, no worries. Like he was so, so, so nice. And I, I think I ended up telling him like, look, I have, I was sexually abused. And so I, it's not that I don't want to do this. I just need to take things slow. Like I just, I, I just, yeah. And I don't know, and I want to say I think it was that same evening that, but I'm not, I don't really remember if it was, but I want to say I think it was. Um, anyways, he wanted to marry me, and he literally actually proposed to me and said, um, oh my God, you were like so amazing and I want to marry you. I don't have a ring right now, but you know, as soon as I can, I'll get some money. And he just wanted to scoop me up and take care of me. And I, I kind of panicked like, um, and I was just like, what? wow, like, really? And I kind of, I thought to myself, like, no, like, I, I wanted to experience dating. And not that I wanted to be the town pump and be a whore or anything, but I, I didn't want to, like, he just kind of went from zero to 60. We were getting married. He was buying me a ring and... And I totally get where he was coming from because to him, he's seeing this 
girl that he likes and he's I'm a you know nice person and he's like oh my god you've had to deal with sexual abuse let me let me marry you and make all your dreams come true and so that is an amazing amazing thing that somebody would want to do that but to me I'm like I'm just trying to process making out with a guy and um, trying to get myself to where I can do that without losing my mind and having all these awful flashbacks of sexual abuse and stuff. And this is my very, very first boyfriend. And now the guy wants to marry me. I'm like, I don't want to marry the very first guy I ever date. And, you know, be like married and I don't know I just was like what oh my god I still want to I want to date other people in my life not get freaking engaged at grade eight and oh I you know wow (laughs) what do you say and it's should be really in the perfect world like who wouldn't want that like considering where I came from, like, holy cow, here's this super handsome guy, he's tall, he's good looking, he's, you know, wants to take care of me, and all this, and I just panicked, I just panicked, and I feel so awful, but I actually ended up going, fuck, I can't handle this shit, I cannot handle, I, I just panicked, I said it, like I went home after that evening and I ended up calling my good friend um, who lived with me uh, or not sorry lived with me who lived out in the same town actually the girl who used to steal all the babysitting jobs but um, I call I ended up talking to her and I'm like I can't marry the first person I've ever dated and maybe I'm not maybe I'm too young or too, I don't know. I'm not ready to date right now. I need to, I need to not date anyone. So I ended up actually getting her, which is so awful. Oh, so awful on my part. I got her to dump him for me. And oh my God, that's so horrible. Cause I, I literally could not do it. And I just, I still feel terrible to this day. And it's not that he wasn't a nice guy. It's not that he did anything wrong. And this is for any guys listening out there, or I guess even girls, I guess, dating in general, just life. Sometimes if people dramatically break up for something like that, or just break up with you, a lot of sometimes it has more to do with that other person because I it breaks my heart now like think well broke my heart then actually I will say because I had a lot of guilt for going oh my god there's nothing that he did wrong but I just could not talk to him about it I could not and and that is awful and I I totally should have but I don't know why I just physically couldn't I couldn't go there and I don't I don't even know why I don't know why, but I I couldn't confront him and say it's probably because he is a nice guy and there was no reason. And it's just my own fucked up head of dealing with 
sexual abuse and people trying to freaking get down my pants. And I don't know, I just had this I flashback of, you know, with me without my shirt on. And I was just like, I don't know why I panicked. I panicked. And it wasn't because I didn't want it. I totally would have. God, I think back now, like, oh my God, the fun I could have had with that fellow. God, he was, oh, could have been so good. But mentally, I was not ready. And mentally, I was, I don't know, I just panicked. I, I, your brain does things and I panicked and I'm like, fuck, I can't handle this shit. No, shut her down, shut her down. And so I ended up, yeah, well, my friend broke up with him and I know he was upset and he wanted to talk to me and I don't blame him for wanting to talk to me because who wouldn't? And now I think, oh my God, if somebody did that to my boys, oh my God, I would you know, it's devastating, but, and I, I really, really hope that I didn't scar him for life, like, oh my god, but I would love, I actually keep thinking, like, I should reach out to this fellow and say, just so that you know, you didn't do anything wrong, but how do I even do that, you know, that's kind of weird, don't you think, but I don't, I would be horrified, like, I really, really, really hope that he didn't end up with any long-term issues of like being so nervous to be with a girlfriend and have them just randomly break up with you and not look back. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm overthinking it or what, but I just, I felt awful. I still feel awful, but what do you do, you know? life shit you you do what the best you can and do better when you can so anyway so that is definitely um yeah so I had my first boyfriend in grade eight and then three months later I broke up with him because he wanted to marry me and make all my dreams come true <clears throat> part of me and I panicked and so I didn't date anybody else until actually grade 10 so and that's uh, where I ended up meeting my, uh, well, I actually ended up meeting my, my now husband, which we kind of laugh at, that, oh, I wanted to have this experience of dating people. And I also, for me dating, I didn't want to, like, some people dated, like, it's like, okay, you dated this person this week and that person last week and that person and the guy you're dating this week was just sucking face with this other chick last week. Like, gross. Why would you want his mouth that was all over her just last week all over you? Like, I'm like, ugh, keep your germs to yourself and no thanks. I am not interested in that shit. I don't want to just date somebody for the sake of... Like, like you would buy a new purse or you would buy a new shirt and it's your favorite shirt for the week. Like to me, that made no sense, whatever. If, if this was not something that I could see, like they were a good person and you could see it going kind of long term, I could not comprehend why people liked to just basically hook up and you know, make out with this person this week and that person the next week. And uh, that just never, ever, ever made sense to me. But um, so I was very picky as to who I dated. And actually in growing up, 
there was people that, you know, wanted to get down my pants. And I'm like, yeah, no thanks. You know, you're, uh, yeah, no, I have a life plan and you are just not in it. I, uh, because you could tell that they had, they were just out to get laid and they didn't, they didn't really care about you. They just wanted to be the first one in your pants, basically, or the just get in your pants. And, you know, I was like, nope, I ain't risking any, any chance that I might, for one, have a baby. And uh, for another, ugh, no, you've been sucking face with everybody. I know three different people that you've been, you know, and I'm like, yeah, no, no, no thanks. I don't want your Jeremy little lips or whatever all over me. So, um, yeah, so I was picky as to who I dated. So eventually in, um, grade 10, uh, well, actually I would have been in grade nine, actually come to think of it. Uh, it was right towards the end of grade nine and he was in grade 10 and I actually really quite liked this fellow. And he was really good friends with the girl that I was living with. Um, or no, ended up living with. Because at this time, I wasn't living with him. Um, he was really good friends with her boyfriend. And so, but he was very nervous to ask me out, apparently. And uh, he ended up eventually asking me out. Um, June 8th was when he finally asked me out. And um, the school year, of course, ends the end of June. And my birthday is actually on the 11th. So I remember telling my friend that all I wanted for my birthday was him. And he was really funny. And I don't know. He was just a, a nice person. And... He was actually one of the kind of popular kids, but not too hoity-toity popular. He was kind of, you know, he was just a nice person. And I like that he was funny because I'm drawn to people that kind of have fun with life. Because life is serious enough. Eh, you got to kind of roll with it and find the fun where you can. So anyways, eventually on June 8th, he did ask me out, which was three days before my birthday. And I was 14 at the time and just turning 15. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. And I was very excited. And I know I felt really awful for that little bit of time. There was like three weeks when, uh, before the school year ended, that my first boyfriend would kind of look at me, uh, dating this, uh, new boyfriend, which, although it had been, a, like, a while, so it had been, like, a year and a bit, so, but I know I would kind of still get looks and, like, oh, now you've decided to date, uh, him kind of thing, and, um, but anyways, I, I uh, yeah, I ended up dating um, Ryan, is his name. And he was great. He was very, very nice. We had so much fun together. 
and yeah, it was pretty cool. So, and then we ended up actually end up getting married and not like many, many years later, we actually dated for like nine years and, um, and then we got married, but we'll go into that in another podcast. But, um, but yeah, just so that you kind of know, and I remember I was absolutely terrified again because I did not want this guy to know where I lived and how I lived because hell fucking no, he was gonna, who would want somebody like me, you know, in that situation? And, and the worst thing is, is, and I shouldn't, I know it sounds awful saying, but I was not proud of where I lived and I didn't want him to judge me on that because that is not who I am. That just happens to be my situation. You know, it just happens to be where the family I was born into, the situation I was born into. So I hate the idea of being defined as to where you come from, because if I had a choice, I would not live there and I would not live like that. But you're a child, right? So you don't have control as to where you live. Um, and I was, I just wanted to be, it was nice with him because I was just like another, I was just a normal person. Nobody knew how much I overcame to, to just look as every day as everybody else. Like they had no idea what I was going home to. And that was good because I didn't want them to know. I wanted to... Cause that wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was just my situation. So I was very, very, very terrified. And he wanted to come and visit me after school. And I'm like, fuck that. No way, man. So we hung out, of course, at lunch. And then I rode the bus uh, to and from school. And it was like a 45 minute bus ride. So we didn't. And my bus left pretty quick right after school was over, which hello, of course, because it's a it's a long ways to get me home. And, um, yeah, so I remember him trying to want to come and meet me and I'm like, no, 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 no. And eventually he did. And, but there, I think he did end up coming inside once. And I told him like, no fucking way are you coming inside my house? No way. And he's like, oh, relax. Like, how bad could it be? It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And I'm like, no, you have no idea. Like, yeah, okay, so maybe it's some dumpy little house, but it's like Horderville in there, and it stinks and everything. And he was very insistent. And I will say um, he did end up coming out there a few times. And, well, he didn't dump me, so that's for sure. But I remember, like, I was like, no, no, I said, because that is not who I am. I am not where I live, but it, it's where I have to live right now. And, um, yeah, so after a lot of convincing, I did let him inside. And I definitely think he was shocked 
but I did as much like you're I said you're gonna it's gonna blow your mind when you you know but he he loved me and he liked me and he wanted to see where I grew up like where how I lived so yeah well careful what you ask for here you go buddy this is this is it so I could tell on the look on his face when he walked in for one it took his breath away from the smell in there and it also he didn't dump me but he was surprised and he was trying not to have a reaction which fair enough he was trying not to have a reaction but I could see he was like holy fuck but trying also desperately not to make it a big deal because he knew how insistent I was like, you, no, you are not coming in here. So, but anyways, it is what it is. So, but he didn't dumb me and he didn't, yeah, I don't know what he said to other people afterwards. He probably went or I don't know if he, yeah, even said anything, but yeah, it, it was a, a very nerve-wracking situation, let's just say. But, um, but yeah, so he, we still are together. And, um, yeah, and then eventually when I ended up moving in um, with that religious family, it definitely made things for our relationship-wise a lot easier. Well, just we were closer. He didn't have to drive 45 minutes to come see me. Or uh, if, like, if, say, we went to a dance or something or we went to something, he would drive me home, you know, and um, and drop me off, which is a huge drive, like, you know. So when I, when I finally moved to basically, I actually moved just to down the road from him. But, again, that was just fluke. It was just, it, that is not why I moved out. Um... But when I did, I will say it was kind of nice and convenient. Absolutely. I could just walk to his place. It was like probably a 15-minute walk from where I was staying uh, to where he was. So that was definitely... And I was a lot more relaxed on and proud of kind of where I was staying versus being, you know, staying out in the, my childhood home there. So, but anyways, um, yeah, so that was interesting. So that's kind of how that went in. And I just wanted to fill in those gaps as to information that kind of just didn't get explained along the way on telling the rest of my crazy story. So when I did move in with that religious family, another thing I wanted to mention was there was fun stuff as well. Um, I don't want to seem like it was all negative. It was definitely very, very frustrating. Um, on the time when it was actually the better part, like say the first six months, um, we actually ended up going on a road trip, which was pretty cool. And we, um, so with that re religious family. So we went on a road trip to like the Okanagan and we went and visited someone that they knew that owned a golf course there. And I remember on the drive there, it was actually pretty neat. We got to listen to Roxette and Joyride we were listening to. 
And uh, I remember her mom going, God, why do you listen to this stuff? Because they're like listening to, they like to listen to Bible music or country or whatever. And, um, and I said, you know, the song isn't that bad. It's it. And I can't remember Joyride. And, and we listened to like the whole CD of Roxette at that time. And I was explaining that, you know, this song is about this, like you're judging it. You're not even listening to the words and, and listening to what, what the meaning is behind it. And so I kind of explained that to her. And then I'm like, see, so like you, you think it's this awful song, but it's really not. It's actually about this. And, um, and she was like, oh, okay. Like, sure. If that's the weird twist you're putting on it or something, I don't know. But, um, we went on a road trip and I remember, you know, when we were going through all the different tunnels, um, on our way there. So there's all these tunnels, like through these mountains and stuff. And I remember my friend there, she would, oh, this one and this one. And she knew all the names to all the different tunnels. And we were they were like, oh, let's have a contest and see, you know, or let's have some fun and memorize them. And well, let's just say I didn't know any of the names and she was, knew all of them, but I've never been anywhere. So how the hell would I know those names? And I remember she was all like, oh, look at me. You know, I know all the right names, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, well, good for you. Enjoy, you know, and um, yeah, it was kind of like, well, don't you know this one? And don't you know this one? I'm like, no, I've never been outside my freaking town. Like I haven't gone anywhere other than like a roundup or something. I didn't ever go this way to like, you know, that direction. So how would I know all these tunnels names? But I let her have her, I'm so awesome moment on, knowing all the names of the tunnels and everything and remembering them on the way back too. We went through it. Um, but, uh, it was nice. It was nice. I've never been on a road trip. It was actually quite nice to be just drive somewhere and think, Oh my God, we're going to go somewhere sunnier and hotter and go visit people. And yeah, it was, it was an experience I've never ever had before. And so we ended up actually meeting up with these people at this golf course and craziest thing. So we got some golf clubs and they said, oh, well, why don't we just go and like check it out? And, and so I, we got a bucket and some balls and you'll never fricking believe this. Very first time I've ever golfed. Didn't know what the heck I was doing. Took this little metal stick and was got to bop this ball into a hole I ended up getting a freaking hole in one. Isn't that nuts? It looked like that ball was on remote control. If I didn't know better. And they were like blown away. I was freaking blown away. And let's just say that's never ever happened since. But yeah, it was crazy. I got a hole in one. They were like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, very first time. So thank you, universe, whoever, but not that that ever happened again. But yeah, it was pretty cool. That was something I was quite proud of. Later on, actually, at one of my jobs, I was telling the guy who was like a crazy golfing fanatic. 
at uh, actually my very first job. Well, actually, no, probably my like third job or something after I had moved out on my own. I was telling my boss that I had got a hole in one at this golf club, and he, holy Dinah, he got so angry. I couldn't believe it. He's like, No, you didn't. You're lying. You're lying. No, you didn't. You didn't do that. You're lying. I'm like, Holy shit, dude, relax. It's not like I could ever do it again. It was a total fluke, but I couldn't believe how mad he got. Yeah, he kept saying I was lying. I'm like, Why would I lie about that? Why? It's craziest thing I ever heard I'm like yeah all of a sudden he just got like right wound tight but I didn't lie it did happen but let's just say it's also never happened again but who knows so yeah that was kind of crazy and fun and um yeah we used to go to um we used to go to youth groups and I had lots of fun when I was living you know with them and um some of the things too, because I guess of, <clears throat> I don't know if it's, I don't know, the mom heard too somewhere that um, teenagers were sniffing whiteout. And so all of a sudden we had all of our whiteout stolen from us by them. I'm like, we don't sniff whiteout. Like just because maybe some other dumb kids are doing it. So yep, she took it all away from us. I don't know if she thought because I was riffraff basically that I would start sniffing white out or something not like she ever caught us sniffing it like who the hell would want to that stinks you know it's like using a marker that stuff stinks too god why the heck would I want to do that so yeah so we weren't allowed white out and uh anything which was so bizarre and yeah that was kind of a weird thing but we did uh we went to a youth group with the church and that was lots of fun and um but this is also too where I was exposed to other teenagers that were going to church and oh look at these great teenagers that are growing up in the church environment and everything well in youth group we like did a choir we sang and we did like activities like we'd learn a little bit about the bible and then we'd like say do bowling or do volleyball or do i don't know stuff um just different things fun things you know and um but i'd also hear on how a lot of the people in the youth group which were like from much richer families and they would be like drinking and having sex and partying and yet they would go to church on Sunday and all would be forgotten and they were kind of perceived to be better than me and because they grew up in the church and they were you know played the sort of played the system I guess but and I remember thinking you know what and sometimes people would be rather two-faced you know they would pretend to be your friend and then like this one actually girl there was kind of this nerdy girl in the youth group and I felt bad for her because she badly badly wanted to do stuff with um my friend I lived with uh her name is Janice or I'll just because it's I'm trying to keep it um sort of anonymous but whatever I'll just uh so the girl I lived with her family 
Um, her name was Janice and this one nerdy girl at the youth group used to want to be friends with Janice and she was kind of needy but she was a nice little dorky girl and um, she would call Janice and try to be friends with her and be friends with the other people but I saw that they're like "Mm, nope yeah I'm not hanging out with her and I kind of thought well geez that's not very Christian of you and you know nerds need love too but um, yeah and I remember this one situation where so it just kind of bugged me how two-faced people were like I knew for myself I was a spiritual person and I do believe in doing good and I think you know what just because you're religious and you go to church I am a much better Christian than you are. And in my opinion, because I genuinely, well, I'm not fake. (laughs) You know, I'm not having sex. I'm not drinking. I'm not doing all these things because I don't want the consequences of them. Whereas you guys are perceived out there in society as much better than me. And you're being fake and having you know premarital sex and all this and I'm like and you guys have grown up in this church so meh I don't know about that but whatever that was their life path and I had my plan and so do what you gotta do but the part I didn't like was yeah you could see that they were clicky they were uh snubbing this nerdier girl And I'll never forget one day where we were having dinner actually at Janice's place and at the table. And um, we had just, when was it? I don't know if it was like a lunch maybe or something. Anyways, we were sitting around the table and the phone rang and she went and picked it up and it was this nerdy girl calling. And I honestly don't remember her name, so I hate to, but anyways, I'm going to call her nerdy girl. And, um, so she, this girl had called and said, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, I was wondering if maybe we can make plans to like go bowling. And of course I only heard Janice's side of it, which, but I knew why the girl was calling because she always wanted to do stuff with her. And, uh, you know, Janice was like, oh yeah, sure. Of course. Oh, absolutely. Yes. That'll be so fun. Okay. Yeah. We'll meet next Thursday. And we'll do this. It'll be a date. Oh my God. Yes. It'll be so great. We'll have so much fun. And then she'd hang up and then she'd be like, meh, I'm going to call or I'm going to, I'm going to cancel Tuesday or something. And I'm like, what? I remember just being horrified. So you just talked to this girl for a bit was like, absolutely, all the best, oh, we'll have so much fun, and just pumped it all up, and this girl's going to be counting the sleeps, basically, until next Thursday, when she gets to hang out and go have fun with Janice, one of the cooler people from church and school, and the one that everybody liked, and, and I'm like, and you have absolutely no intention of even going with her and doing it? Like, frick, woman. But she didn't. And I just thought, oh, my God, what? You are so two-faced. You are so fake. And she would do that to 
people, like even her boyfriend, she would do that too. I've witnessed a few things where I'm just like, my jaw dropped. Like, I just, I don't know how somebody could be like that. Like to me, I, I would go hang out with them and I'm not saying that we'd make a once a week date or anything, but I definitely wouldn't have canceled. And unless like maybe something happened and you had to cancel, but why would you go on and on and on about how much fun you're going to have and it's going to be so great and I can't wait to see you. Yeah, well, this and that and da, 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 and then hang up and be like, yeah, I'm canceling Tuesday. <laughs> I thought, geez, you're going to let her just think that she has all these wonderful plans and no intention of even thinking about doing it. Ah, not cool. Not cool in my books. But there was also another situation, too, where I saw her, uh, she was arguing with her boyfriend one time, and she was saying the most horrible, horrific things about his mother. And because they were having some fight, I'm not sure, but she was just saying, like, awful things that you would not say to your enemy. And she hung up on him, and I was sitting there, and I just kind of went, jaw hanging open. And she's like, eh, he'll call back in 10 minutes. Like, it was just a game to her. I, I blew my mind. And he did. She wasn't wrong. He did call back in 10 minutes. I don't know how the hell he put up with it. Other than they were having sex and stuff. So maybe that's why. But... I just, it blew my mind at how someone can just treat people like that and have no empathy for what poison you just spewed at them and just manipulate people like that. Just blew my mind. So that's why I'm also a huge believer in don't ever do that shit because that's cruel. That's, that's like narcissistic behavior or something. I don't know what that is, but it's psychotic and it's not right because you shouldn't talk to people like that. Like she was saying like, oh, your mom's fat and lazy and mer, 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 and she's, you know, this and that and just awful things that you, you know, I just, yeah, it was just awful. And then, yeah, she just hang up on him and it was all just like a game to her. That's crazy. So, but they did date for quite a long time. And, um, but luckily, and she, you know, broke up with him a few times and he would always come crawling back, which I don't know why. Um, but, uh, eventually I was actually very glad. Eventually she ended up dumping him and, Eventually, he went, no, I'm done. I'm done with you, which was awesome because I wanted her to have consequences to treating people awful. Like you don't treat someone you love like a boyfriend or something like that and then just go, oh, they'll come crawling back. And they usually do, which is ridiculous. Like have some self-respect. But eventually he said no. Oh my God, I couldn't be happier. I was so happy because, yeah, if you don't have consequences to your actions, how are you ever going to learn to be a better person? 
you'd hope that they'd have a a soul and want to be better people, but it's nice to see when, you know, karma, when there's consequences to people's actions, because no one's going to change if they don't have a reason to change. Or some people won't change, I should say, if they don't have a reason to change. And those people need to smarten the hell up, in my opinion. But anyway, so yeah. So um, I also did some other cool things. Um, I was in a choir, like I said, with youth group. And um, Janice was definitely the better singer. I was like a, I don't know, a trier. (laughs) So I won't say I was horrible at it but I definitely did not have as nice a voice as Janice but I wasn't totally horrific but um but I tried and I also uh was a counselor at uh bible camp uh for a summer and that was awesome and I was chickadee was my name we all had to pick bird names and I absolutely loved it I loved it loved it it was great it was so much fun so and um I will say too that oh my god I had to sing I had to sing at that bible thing because they pressured me and pressured me which I hated and I had, me and uh, Janice had to sing this song, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Oh, my God, I wanted to die. I had to sing it in front of the whole um, camp. And, uh, yeah, it was, let's just say I really didn't want to do it. I didn't, I wasn't completely horrible, but I definitely was not as good as Janice. And I got the, yay, good try, you know, kind of thing which what do you do but they made me do it so I did the best I could and um, I will say like her mom even though she was frustrating and um, there was that whole dynamics of you know her trying to be not too nice to me um, because of trying to have some loyalty to her daughter but um, but also she had to appease the dad because the dad liked me and I will say for my Evelyn who was a wonderful sewer she uh, did a lot of sewing and actually I learned a bit of sewing from her um, because she wanted us to do things other than basically hanging out with boyfriends and stuff and and sewing is a good a good thing to know how to do so she ended up actually the mom ended up making both me and Janet's our grad dresses which were beautiful oh she did such an amazing amazing job and it was her way of basically not having to spend a ridiculous amount of money on them so it was budget friendly but they also turned out to be like one-of-a-kind dresses so they were so big and fluffy and lots of ruffles and yeah, we got a a lot of praise for how beautiful they were. And actually, we ended up being, our two dresses ended up being, we they sat us down in the front so that um, basically they could be shown off. So, which was pretty cool. So, as much of our frustration um, through our process, I know that she just made my dress because she couldn't not make my dress. 
but she really wanted it for Janice and basically she made mine very similar. Um, Janice's was in red and mine was in blue. And, um, but I, I'm very, very, very grateful for the fact that she did make it, um, you know, and I, I don't disown that, but I, I do know that she, she did it more for Janice, which fair enough, Janice is her daughter and I totally get that. And, but I am very grateful for that dress and it did turn out to be very beautiful. So, and I actually still have it, so, which is kind of cool. And uh, we also did, because of our dresses, um, they knew a photographer, a fellow that uh, did some pictures for us. So actually, me and Janice went down, uh, there's like a train station here, and had some, um, like a train museum, actually, and took some really cool pictures in our grad dresses. And uh, so I ended up actually with some neat photos on a contact sheet. Um, and although I didn't ever end up getting any copies of the photos, I just kind of got the contact sheets. So I'm not sure exactly why that ended up happening. But yeah, we did end up getting the contact sheets. So I'm not sure whatever happened to the negatives on that. But yeah, so... Um, that was definitely some positive things that also came out of my time with them. So I didn't want to just kind of focus on only the negative and frustrating parts. Um, there was some positive as well. So um, also too, like um, I was going to say that when I ended up dating my now husband, um, Ryan, I'll never forget too, the first time I went and met his dad um, he was this big, rough, scruffy trucker dude with a big beard. And he was like, not a talkative man. Um, Ryan took me there and said, uh, Hey, this is, you know, Hey mom, dad kind of thing. And, and Ryan actually grew up in an amazing house. He had like a mom and a dad and brothers and, his life was, well, he grew up with not very much money, but he grew up in a, like, he grew up in a, a trailer on property, and, um, you know, and the dad worked a lot, and the mom was a stay-at-home mom who made homemade bread and made cookies, and <clears throat> she was, oh, she was a wild card. She's a fun girl. And he, he tells a story about that uh, his mom taught him to jump on the bed, but he was on the bottom bunk, so he kept whacking his head. <laughs> like, she was a hoot. She's a crazy girl, but lots of fun. And uh, anyway, so the first time I met them, they were, um, well, at home. And I walked in, and Ryan's like, hey, because his dad happened to be sitting at the kitchen table where he often was. And his mom was in the kitchen where she often was because she was like the most amazing cook and crazy and fun person, <clears throat> pardon me. And uh, I walked in and he's like, hey, dad, this is my girlfriend. And he went, oh, like, oh, yeah. And then that was it. <clears throat> pardon me. I need a drink. He goes, didn't say anything else. I can't believe it. He, uh, I thought, oh my God, 
this guy hates me. He won't even like barely look up at me. But little did I know, he didn't hate me. He's just he's just one of those really rough and grumpy people that look like that, but he's like a a big teddy bear. He's he's a major major soft heart, but abrasive on the outside. So we ended up getting very very close later on and that'll be in some other podcasts down the road but yeah it was crazy first time I met him I'm thinking oh my god this man hates me he won't even barely say hi to me and whatever you know what do you do but and you know my boyfriend did tell me yeah don't worry about it he's always like that you know but of course his mom was like oh hey how's it going and very bubbly and you know, of course, wanted me to have like 10 grilled cheese sandwiches or something because the way she shows love is through amazing homemade food. And um, so she was like complete opposite to him. And uh, yeah, but that's also what made them so awesome together. So and I'll be definitely sharing some crazy stories of that down the road because they were a very amazing family. So yeah, so that's kind of that part. So I did have some good things and I just wanted to touch base on, you know, how that ended up happening. And actually, um, even finally, I was, uh, one thing I, I mentioned here, I had a little list of things I wanted to fill you guys in on. Ryan and I did, even though I've been very adamant about no sex until I'm ready to have kids and all this stuff, I will admit that, um, so we did date for a good couple years, year and a half, I want to say, before we had sex. So we didn't have sex until like halfway through grade 11. So, um... And because I was like, no way. There was lots of things. I'm not saying we didn't make out. We didn't play with different body parts. And we didn't do lots of fun things. But the actual intercourse action um, did not happen until halfway, even if not a little more than halfway through uh, grade 11. And I was absolutely freaking terrified. I was terrified. So I, of course, was on the pill and had been for a while. And um, I was like, if there was any anti-sperm something I could have used, I used everything and anything. And and uh, so when we did finally have sex, um, oh my God, you're going to die when you hear this. But poor, poor guy. I ended up making him wear... I thought it was six condoms, but I think it must have been like four. <laughs> you, and it's so insane. And I remember I was like freaking, oh, like one wasn't enough. I, I literally, I put like four condoms on him and I was on the pill. And if I could have had some spermicide foam something, I would have had that too because I was just... I did not want to get pregnant, like, and I didn't trust the pill. I'm thinking, yeah, right, you say the pill will help, but there's still that one in a million chance, and with my luck, no way. I do not want to have a baby, but I definitely want, well, he wanted to have sex, 
And I'm not saying that I wasn't horned up for him at different times or whatever, for sure I was. But the act of something that could make a baby come to life was not anything I was interested in opening up that possibility because I was not ready to have kids and I have a life plan and there is no way that I want that risking um, me ending up in a different situation than what I wanted. So, but we did actually eventually end up having sex and then I did tend to relax and I knew too, the only reason why I did actually end up agreeing to kind of have sex too was because I could see us going long term like we had already dated for like a year and a half I guess at least might have even actually ended up being close to our two-year anniversary or something anyway so uh yeah I knew I, I could see us like we just got along so well we had similar interests we had similar kind of outlook on life and I I thought okay fine I I can see us being together long term so I will break my hell no until I'm you know and I was on the pill and as long as we like also use condoms and we also this and you know I just and I thought worst worst case I could I don't know if if I got pregnant I would figure that out um, but like I said, the poor guy, I don't even know how he felt anything, but I will say the very first time I had sex, oh my God, it freaking killed. It hurt so bad. I remember leaving from that situation and going, if I never have sex again, I will be okay with that. Because to me, all the petting and the playing and the touching and everything else was way better than that painful experience I just had with sex for the first time with, you know, a boyfriend or whatever. And, um, but little did I know it does get better. And so we did end up having obviously sex again. And I remember there actually came a point where I was so freaking stressed out from having sex that I actually said, you know what? This is creating me so much fucking anxiety and stress that I can't, I can't have sex anymore. I just can't. I can't handle the stress and the pressure and the paranoia that I'm going to end up pregnant. And I remember Ryan was, he almost broke up with me actually. And I was pretty fucking mad because I thought, really, really? You're going to dump me because I won't screw you. And so we didn't talk for a few days over that because I was like, you know what? If you cared about me, this is, I'm terrified I'm going to end up pregnant. I'm absolutely fucking terrified. And I don't, I have a plan for my life and I don't want kids to compromise that plan or make my life any fucking harder than it needs to be so but I did end up giving in because I did really love him and I did see us 
lasting long term and we had already dated for quite a while and I just got a good vibe that he wouldn't leave me high and dry if something happened and I also prayed about it which I know seems crazy praying to God that I don't get pregnant for having premarital sex like frick hello hypocrite but I just I did pray about it. I'm like, oh my God, please, 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 please don't let me end up being pregnant. And, um, and I didn't. And I was religious about taking my pill. And um, yeah, I was, we were fine. It was just my, my head. And, you know, he didn't really draw the line at a lot of things. So I... This was something he was putting his foot down on, and and I, I understood it. But I thought, well, worst case, I'll figure it out if, if something happens. And, um, yeah, but luckily the situation never came up. I never ended up getting pregnant, and we were able to continue having sex, and it did become a lot more fun than uh, it was the very first time. And I made it so you didn't have to wear four condoms <laughs> anymore but uh yeah and actually later on I remember I was telling somebody maybe I was at some safe sex something or whatever and I mentioned the fact that I was so paranoid about getting pregnant that I made my boyfriend wear four condoms and they freaking laughed so hard and they said actually I'll tell you something if you use that many condoms you have a better chance of it ripping because you're putting condom over condom over condom and that could actually make it tear. And so I was like, oh, okay. So, so luckily, um, we used to only just use one condom and then eventually I got comfortable enough that we didn't use any cause we were committed and I was less neurotic, but I just did not want to get pregnant, so, but yeah, so, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that, I know it sounds crazy, but luckily my, my boyfriend did end up getting laid finally, so, so even though I preached a lot about hell no, don't do it, I did eventually give in, but only because I was in a much, much better situation and I was ready to take responsibility if if the situation arrived that I, I needed to. So, But I just prayed that I wasn't given that situation, which, and luckily I wasn't, thank God. The universe realized I, I didn't deserve that, so... So yeah, so there's just a summary of some things. Now, uh, the next podcast I throw out there, I will continue on from when I decided to, after I had moved out from living with that family and um, how I was, well, like I said before, I was living on, I moved into my very first basement suite on my own with absolutely nothing, but, and then how my life continued on from there. I will share that at another time. Okay, so you guys take care and have an amazing day. And we'll talk to you again. Okay, bye.